Hi guys, do you like this podcast and do you want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. So first of all, it's free and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started because that's what I used to make my podcast and I love it. Hello, the day she has finally come, 420, the day that my podcast, Talk Nasty to Me, officially launches. Holy shit. I never ever thought that this day would come. I never thought that I would have a podcast. I didn't even think that I would be 20 ever. So this is just all so cool to me. I can't like give you an age since when I've wanted a podcast because I've talked about this before in my videos. Um, I don't remember my childhood. So <laughs> um, no, I have wanted a podcast ever since I think I listened to Shane Dawson's podcast. Um, have your opinions on Shane Dawson. I completely understand. But um, that's just like one of the first podcasts that I've ever listened to. And it changed me a lot. First of all, if you know what that podcast is even like, it's raunchy, it's nasty, it's disgusting, and it kind of shaped me as a child. And not only that, but it really, really made me want to have my own podcast. And so I've been inspired by so many podcasts since then. And now the star is finally born. But let's not ramble too much. Um, if you've never, ever watched my YouTube videos before, if you don't know who I am, neither do I. Um, I'm Nicole Raffi. I go by the stupid nickname, Nikki Nasty, hence the name Talk Nasty to Me podcast, the podcast. And uh, yeah, I've been making YouTube videos for the past year and a half and it's a fun time. And so I'm also a college student, but like, what does that matter? Um, and uh, I'm vegan. You know what I mean? Like the, what kind of details do you really want from me? But if you do know me, hey, what's up? I'm so happy that you're here. Um, so I just kind of want to give you a brief intro about how this little podcast is going to work, okay? So I've been taking inspiration from all these other podcasts that I've been listening to, and I'll just list some examples of some podcasts that I'm really inspired by. Um, I love Claudia and Phineas's podcast, even though they just started it. It's called We Bought a House. Um, I love Emma Chamberlain's podcast, Anything Goes. Um, I love The Views podcast with David Dobrik and Jason Nash. I love Zayden Heath's podcast. Um, and all of these podcasts, I feel like I want to take certain elements from it and make it my own. It's obviously not copying because it's uh, me and it's my podcast. But uh, I feel like that kind of train of like people thinking that everyone's copying each other, I think that's kind of past. That was so prevalent like last year, but I think it's gotten better, I think, in terms of like the internet and content creation and everything else. But um, yeah, so the way that I want this podcast to be structured is that I have a topic that I talk about that week. I have a certain thing and we kind of flow on that topic. I tell you stories, I tell you my thoughts, and I kind of want to get some questions from you guys regarding that topic and like my personal experience or maybe advice even that you may need on that topic. And I'll probably be collecting all those questions on my Instagram because that's what I did last night and it worked out super great. So if you want to contribute into next week's podcast when I ask some questions, make sure to follow me on my Instagram. It's at Nicole Raffi, N-I-C-O-L-E-R-A-F-I-E-E. -E -E. Yeah, I know my last name is spelled really, really weird. Um, let's not talk about it. But um, 
quite literally, as I am filming this podcast, my parents are downstairs watching a church service on their computer, um, and I'm filming a podcast uh, called Talk Nasty Me. So if that doesn't kind of give you a certain idea of what the dynamic is like here, um, it, it should it should give you a pretty good idea. But um, yeah, let's kind of hop into it. What the heck is the topic of this week's podcast? And it is how I started YouTube, why I started YouTube, and how you can also start YouTube, a YouTube channel, whatever. Um, I'm really, really inspired by this because no one really talks about how they got to where they are in something in this format, if that makes sense. I guess like in interviews, maybe yes, but I just kind of want to bunch it all together, if that makes sense. Um, So I want to tell you about the timeline of my YouTube career. I want to tell you about some of my biggest inspirations, um, how I started YouTube up again, and how I stuck with it, and how I could become quote-unquote successful. If you consider me to be a successful YouTuber, I'm kind of neutral about that, but we'll kind of get into that. And then I'll take some questions and advice that I asked you guys for on Instagram last night, like I said before. So let's kind of hop into it. So believe it or not, I did not start YouTube a year and a half ago. I actually started YouTube when I was about eight or nine, I think. And I really, really can't put a direct number on it because all those videos are wiped off the surface of the internet. Um, I mean, probably not. Like, probably YouTube has some, like, back, I don't know, encryptions, whatever. I'm not even going to try to pretend like I know what those words mean. Cody Cohen, Noel Miller, where are you? Um, no, I started YouTube a really long time ago, and I initially started making videos for the Webkins community. I did. Um, I loved Webkins, and I loved people who made videos about their Webkins. Everything about it was amazing to me. They did music videos for their webkins. They did outfits for their webkins. They did it all. Webkins collection. And I didn't even have a big webkins collection at all. But um, I had a webcam in my house, a very, very old camcorder webcam, not a webcam, a camcorder, really old camcorder in my house. So I asked my mom if I could have it. And I would ask her to run in and press record. And then I would start talking to the camera with my hand on my webkins like necks making them talk and that is how I initially started YouTube and so I put those videos out there obviously they did not get that many views um but it was totally fine I didn't care about that kind of stuff um and then time kind of went on a little bit I think I stopped doing that for whatever reason and maybe like a year or two later I discovered Gen X Pen, Super Mac 18, uh, That's So Jack, that kind of community And if you weren't around for that time period back then, they essentially did music videos back when you could make videos with other songs and nothing would really happen to you. Sometimes people would just like speed them up and then did a whole ass music video to them. Like I'm pretty sure Gen X Pen still has them all on her channel if you want to go look at them. But I was so inspired by that. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I literally want to do this. I want to start making webcam. Now, why do I keep saying webcam? I want to make these type of music videos. And it totally sparked my interest. So I pulled out that webcam once again. Did I say webcam again? Did I literally say webcam again? I meant camcorder. I pulled out that old ass camcorder again. 
And I started filming to like Lady Gaga's um, Judas. I made a music video to Bruno Mars. Um, I forget the songs, but I made all these super cringy videos and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the editing process. I fell in love with the filming process. And then I got invited to be on a collab channel called Get Crazy Collab X. And it's just so funny because now looking back at it, that is the epitome of old YouTube. And I would never do that now. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I started. And I deleted my accounts once again because I was too embarrassed. Um, and that's kind of what happened with the first account, I'm assuming, with the Webkins account. I don't exactly remember, but I deleted it because I was too embarrassed. So I think another year went by and I think I hopped back onto YouTube under a pseudonym. I went by Surfing Amanda. I pretended like my name was Amanda because I didn't want anyone to know my name. I didn't want anyone at school to find out, which now looking back is like crazy. Um, because now the whole point is people, you want people to know your name. And I, unless your name is Ashley and your channel name is Best Dress and you're trying to like hide your entire account from your family, but that's another conversation. Um, no, so I started making these videos up again on Surfing Amanda and they were skits and they were really creative, honestly. Like I give myself a lot of props because I made some funny ass videos on there. And I was really, really proud of myself. And I think I got up to like 200 or 300 subscribers. And that was huge for me. I worked so hard on them. And my close friends really did support me with it because I would send it to them. Um, but it wasn't until people at school kind of found out. And I remember one of my teachers finding them and like kind of like laughing at them, even though I worked so hard on them. And I deleted them. I deleted everything. I wiped the account. And that was that. Um, at some point, I also had a little guinea pig account where I talked about, <laughs> I like showed off my guinea pig's cage because I had one of those like crazy ass big cages, like they're called CNC cages where it's, it's just look it up. And so I had a few videos on there, but like, whatever, that wasn't a big deal. I didn't even have my face in them. It was literally my guinea pig's face. So flash forward to... I think my freshman year of high school again. And I was like, holy shit. I miss the feeling of making YouTube videos. I'm starting high school. New year, new bitch. Um, I'm reinventing myself. I joined the field hockey team. And something in me was just like, you know what, Nicole? Let's make those YouTube videos again. And so I made two. I made one. It was like, 10 types of selfies and 10 things not to say to someone with allergies because I just got diagnosed with having all these crazy allergies and I thought I was super new and original and I thought that these video ideas were golden. And I made them, put them out on the internet, got a few hundred views and I was like, cool, whatever, forgot about them. Um, so then I start my freshman year of high school. Um, a few like weeks in, I start dating this guy. It was my first boyfriend ever. Well, I did have a boyfriend in the eighth grade for 24 hours. If he's listening to this, hi. Um, but my freshman year of high school, I had like my first boyfriend and he was my first kiss and like whatever. Um, and I wasn't into him. Um, but everyone told us that we should be into each other because we would just make a cute couple. And um, I just gave in and I just didn't know what I was doing. So 
I think like a week into dating this guy, I didn't even talk to him. I didn't even like talking to him. I thought I was going to get better. That's Let's do a conversation about relationships in another podcast. Let's make a whole podcast about relationships in the future. So um, this guy comes in to like our last period of the day, like the class, and he comes in with all of his boys because he was on the football team. He comes in with all of his like little broskies and they're all like hysterically laughing because they found my YouTube videos. Um, And they also found my guinea pig YouTube videos and they were just like hysterically laughing at me. And I was mortified, so mortified. I think a few days later I broke up with this kid. Um, He was also the same kid that I told that (laughs) I told him that if he um, were to eat gluten 24 hours prior to kissing me, that I would have an allergic reaction so he can't eat gluten um, around me so that we couldn't kiss because I just really didn't want to kiss him. Like none of that was true. None of that was true at all. Um, I literally eat gluten now. I shouldn't, but I do. Um, Anyway, I really, really did not like him and he was a jerk and yeah, good riddance. But, um, all of his friends and him made fun of my YouTube videos. So I went home and I tried my best to delete them, but the guinea pig videos, they could not be deleted because I could not get access to the account. So they were just standing there. And I was like, why did I ever put myself out there? Why did I ever do that to myself? This is so embarrassing. And my self-esteem was absolutely crushed. And that was rough. That was so rough on me because I, I, I liked what I did. And I knew it was such a big passion of mine ever since I found out what YouTube even was. Um, I remember the very first time that I heard what YouTube was. And I remember, I think it was in the fourth grade. And these kids next to me were talking about the Leave Britney Alone video. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, you didn't hear that Leave Britney Alone video? It's on YouTube. It's like, what's YouTube? They're like, oh my God, like people can upload videos and it's just funny. And I was like, no way. So I went home and I watched so many YouTube videos. I think I watched like that shoes music video, like the let's get some shoes. I watched that on repeat constantly and cat videos and the Leave Britney Alone video. And that was my knowledge of YouTube when I was like, however old I was in the fourth grade. I don't know. Um, And the girl next to me who told me about YouTube, she... (laughs) I think that same week, she just like threw up all over her desk and it got a little bit on my desk. And I think that's where my fear of throwing up kind of started. But um, yeah, so thanks a lot to that girl. Thanks for throwing up on my desk and telling me about (laughs) what YouTube is. That's super cool. Thanks. I hope you're doing well. And yeah, so I was kind of crushed when these boys in high school were making fun of me for it, but I made sure to be as not cringy as possible all four years of high school, thus leading to me becoming even more cringy than I was on the internet. Um, But that's a story for another day. (laughs) And yeah, I got into college and I decided that I was going to switch my majors around so many times because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And in a moment, I decided that I was going to become a health professions major And health professions major, essentially, I was planning on going to PA school, which is physician's assistant school. I wanted to kind of be like a step below a doctor, but a step above a nurse, essentially. Um, And I thought that that's where my future was headed. I believe that I needed to be in STEM because why would I be in something creative? That's not going to make me money. Why would I do that? And I needed to prove something to everyone around me that I am smart and I can be in STEM. Um, And that was just such a huge mistake. But my sophomore year of 
college, let's backtrack, let's backtrack. My freshman year of college, I met this girl. She was a mutual friend. Um, she wasn't a mutual friend. She was a new friend that my roommate introduced. So my roommate was a mutual friend between me and this girl. And this girl's name is Hannah Mowdy. And you might know her from YouTube named Hannah Elise. And so we met each other. We kicked it off. And one day we got dinner together. And we were talking to each other in the dining hall. And she's like, you know what I used to do when I was little? I used to make YouTube videos. I used to make American Girl doll videos. And I was like, no way. I literally used to make YouTube videos too. I watched the American Girl doll videos because I couldn't afford an American Girl doll. But I used to watch them. Um, I used to make Webkin's videos. She was like, yo, I'm so obsessed with YouTube all my life. Why don't we start making channels again? And I was like, yeah, you should definitely do it. I didn't feel like I was in the right time or space in my life. I also definitely did not feel comfortable in my dorm room to be filming <laughs> any sort of YouTube video. Um, I live with three other people, but uh, she was like, I think I'm going to start it over this winter break. And I was like, you definitely should. You should absolutely do that. And so she did. She started her YouTube channel the winter of her freshman year. And that girl went places. Um, I think she had like her one of her first big videos like hit big over the summer before our sophomore year. And she was absolutely killing it. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. And she sat me down. We had like coffee the one day and she's like, Nicole, you have to start making videos. This is like the best decision I ever made in my entire life. You have to start making YouTube videos. You are going to be so happy. I'm going to force you to make YouTube videos. And I was like, okay. Um, I went back to my dorm. I was an RA at the time. So I lived alone. So I was like, dude, I have no excuse not to make videos. You know what I mean? And I was in my room and I tried to film and I deleted it. <laughs> and I tried to film again like a couple of days later and I hated it and I deleted it. And then the same thing kept happening and I kept texting Hannah. I was like, this is not working out. This is not working out for me to be making YouTube videos because I am so embarrassed. This is so embarrassing. This is so cringy. Why would I make videos? Like why, who is going to even watch them? And she was like, no, Nicole, seriously sit down and you're going to upload, you're going to edit and upload the next one that you make. And so I sat down and I made a skincare routine video because a lot of people were asking me about my skincare. I was finally like really proud of where I got with my skin and I had the best time ever editing it. And I was like, God, I have missed this so much. I remember I did a project sometime in my freshman year of college and I had to like edit a video for it. And oh my God, I like fell in love with everything. Like I hated the video, but it was so fun to edit. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely missing a creative aspect in my life. And honestly, me starting a YouTube channel made me rethink my entire college career, my college journey, my path. Um, I went from being a health professions major and I contemplated switching over to something in communications. Um, and I wanted to go into media studies and production, but I ended up going into advertising. But that's a topic for a different day. Um but it changed like everything for me, even when it wasn't giving me anything quite yet. Like I wasn't monetized at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't making money off of it. I did not have a lot of views, but it changed my thinking. It changed everything about it 
it changed how I viewed myself. And I was like, dude, I need to be doing something creative in my life. I need to be doing something that's not in STEM because I don't belong in STEM. It's amazing. That's if you don't know what STEM is, it's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And so it was not the field for me. And it's so amazing the people who are, but it's so amazing for the people who aren't either. So I felt like I finally found my calling (laughs) after making one video about my skincare routine. So time passes and I decide that I'm going to make videos every week. Um, And it was a blast. (laughs) I had so much fun editing. I spent so much time editing and I wasn't getting a lot of views. I wasn't getting a lot of subscribers, like nothing. And I was just watching, you know, everyone around me, not everyone, but like other YouTubers who I looked up to just continuously growing. And I was just kind of like stagnant. And I kind of started to get hard on myself because I was like, okay, well, when am I going to start to grow? You know what I mean? Like I want more people to enjoy these videos. So, you know, flash forward to the end of the school year, like May, I think at the end of the school year, I had like maybe 400 subscribers. And I was so proud of those 400 subscribers. I was like, dude, I made it. I made it. 400. Holy shit. Um, Summer comes around. I kind of decide that I'm, while I'm in Poland, actually, I kind of decide I'm going to start taking YouTube a bit more seriously. And Hannah was giving me some advice and she's like, you need to be uploading consistently. You need to be uploading weekly at the same day, at the same time and everything. And that's when I was like, all right, I am going to kick things into gear. I'm going to make things happen for myself. Not to mention January 1st of 2019. I've said this story so many times, but January 1st, 2019, I told myself, Nicole, you are going to get about 10,000 subscribers by the end of this year. That was my goal. And I had, in January 1st, I had like 260 subscribers. But I felt like I could do it. So summertime comes around, you know, I go to Poland and everything. And I'm like, all right, when I get back to the States, I'm going to kick things into gear. I'm going to make content that I'm extremely proud of and I'm happy with. And I'm going to be able to make this into a side hustle. You know what I mean? So um, I come back and I do exactly that. I kick things up a notch. I get an intro. I get an outro. I work harder on things. I find fonts that I like. I find an editing style that I'm really proud of. While simultaneously working at Chipotle and babysitting. So I had these two jobs that I did not like. And on the side, I was making YouTube videos that I loved. (laughs) So at Chipotle, I was working like 30 hours a week, between 20 and 30-ish hours a week. And then babysitting, I was working like roughly like 20 hours a week. Um, And both jobs were not for me. (laughs) And I remember looking at my mom and I was like, mom, this time next year, by next summer, I am going to be able to quit all of my other jobs and I'm going to be just a YouTuber. And this is going to be my main source of income. I promise you. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) So sometime in August, I remember that I, maybe it was July, I hit a thousand subscribers. That was so exciting for me because a thousand, I was like, holy shit, (laughs) this is really cool. Like, I never thought that this many people would actually want to watch me. And it all kind of kickstarted because I uploaded a video called What's in My Backpack? And it was a satirical video that I had planned for so many months. Not, not that the, the, the 
pre-production or anything was like months but like I remember telling myself like okay next summer you're gonna upload a video called what's in my backpack but it's gonna be funny like it's not gonna be serious and I did that and that's kind of when things started kind of like spiral and I got more views so then I started college again and that's when I was like whoa I think I think I can make something out of this because people were starting to notice me. Um, It was like people while I was at RA training, a few people came up to me and said that they watched my videos. One lady at like a convention that they were holding, she was like, I literally just watched your videos on break. And I was like, what? What? That's so wild to me. Um, And yeah. So then sometime in September, after September 10th, because September 10th is my birthday, I hit 10,000 subscribers. And Moraine, my old roommate, she was like my biggest supporter. She is my biggest supporter. She truly is. And she was just like, holy shit. Every single day she was like running into my room and she's like, oh my God, another thousand. Oh my God, another thousand. And that really made me confident because I told myself I was going to hit 10,000 by the end of the year. And here I was in September hitting 10,000. And then everyone around me and I were like, okay, what about 20,000 by the end of the year? So I think in November it was, I decided to film another video called, I don't even remember the name of it. I literally forget the name of it every single, it's my own video. How do I forget? It's called a guy answering questions that girls are too afraid to ask. And I got the idea off of TikTok because that was like a trend where girls would ask questions and then a guy would react to it and I was like I'm gonna make this with one of my roommate's friends and he was an old resident of mine I made this video didn't think anything of it go home for Thanksgiving break I edit it I upload it it explodes the video now has over two million views I never ever 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 expected that from this video And because of that video, it spiraled into so much, it led me to have go from 10,000 to 20,000 subscribers to then 25,000 to then 45,000, 55,000, just kept going. And from, I would say from Thanksgiving break till winter break, it was all a dream. It was all so crazy to me that finally it felt like all my hard work was paying off and that my plan in the summer to really kick things into gear, it was working. And I want, I I was telling myself and I was telling my mom, I was like, I think I can get a hundred thousand by the end of the year. Like how ridiculous is that for your goal to be 10,000 and then get pushed to a hundred thousand. And if I could do it, literally anybody can do it. Literally, there is, I'm not going to say there's nothing special about me because everyone's special in their own way, but I'm telling you, if I can do it, you can do it too. Anyway, um, I didn't. I didn't hit 100,000. I hit like 95, 96,000 or something like that. Um, But a few days after January, I think it was January 6th, I got 100,000 subscribers. And that was a very, very big deal for me. It's funny because the day that I got 1,000 subscribers, I got my very first tattoo. Um, And it was planned prior that I would get that tattoo. It's not like I just did a walk-in. I would not do a walk-in for a tattoo. But um, the day that I hit 100,000, I also had an appointment for a tattoo and they're my only two tattoos but they're very important to me and extremely symbolic and yeah I'll I guess I can talk about that 
yeah, I'll talk about that. So <laughs> the tattoo that I got on when I hit a thousand, it's a tattoo of a little 11. And 11 has been symbolic in my life since as early as I could remember in the first grade. Um, we all got assigned popsicle sticks with different numbers on them. And that was like your number for the year or whatever. And my, <laughs> my number was 11. And it kind of was 11, I think, in second grade and third grade. And I would constantly see 11-11. I constantly would see the number 11 everywhere. And it was just a good luck sign to me. Like when I would see 11, I would feel safe. And I wanted to get an 11 tattoo because I wanted to see that number more often. I wanted to be able to feel a little bit more lucky more often. And uh, it's just like a really important number to me. So I'm very happy that I got that. And then I got that on the day that I hit a thousand. So how funny is that? That the number that makes me feel safe and like lucky was kind of the number to a, a symbolic day for me. Like a thousand is a huge. It's very difficult to get to a thousand subscribers. Um, it's arguably the hardest to hit. I think anywhere between a hundred subscribers, like your first 100 to some people, it's easy because you might have 100 friends. I didn't have 100 friends. So the first 100 was very tough for me. And the first 1,000 was tougher. Um, but then when I got my second tattoo, when I hit 100,000 subscribers, um, I decided to get the words Miracle Aligner tattooed on me. It's a song by The Last Shadow Puppets. The Last Shadow Puppets is um, the lead singer is Alex Turner. And that song changed my entire life. Um, the first... Day, the, the first time I heard that song, I was like, wow, this is the best song in the world. I showed all my friends. Everyone in my life loves that song. And it's like their anthem. And that makes me so happy because it's my anthem, but I want it to be their anthem in their own way. And the lyrics, um, they could go a few different ways. Um, for me, I interpreted the lyrics that they mean. The Some of the lyrics are like Miracle, Liner, Go and Get Him, Tiger. Um so what's the wish? He'll make it come true. Um, and it never talks about God, or it never talks about this, who this person who they're referring to, he is, that can give you these things, whatever you ask for. It doesn't say, but the way I interpreted it is, um, you are your own miracle aligner. I'm my own miracle aligner, at least. And if I want something, I just have to kind of ask the universe and I will get it because I'm aligning them myself. Um, and yeah, that's how I interpreted, interpreted it, it, interpreted it, <laughs> um, that I was from then on going to align my own miracles and stop relying on other people or other things to make things happen for me. Only I can make things happen for me, which is so ironic that I got that on the day that I hit 100,000, which is another such a huge symbolic milestone that I never, ever thought that I would hit. I never expected that in a million years. So very important to me, but it was just very coincidental that the two days that these two huge milestones I got tattoos on. So I'm about to get another tattoo when quarantine is over to, you know, I don't know, maybe hit a million. Just kidding. <laughs> you can't force that kind of stuff. It just kind of happens, you know. Um, but where was I even with the story? I hit 100,000. That was amazing for me. I never thought that day would come. Um, and. It was hard for me at the time when I hit 100,000 because of a video that, well, it wasn't solely because of that video. I had another video where I reviewed Emma Chamberlain's coffee and that video did very well. It's almost at like a million views. And those are like my top two viewed videos. And those two led me to how many subscribers I have now. 
And it was kind of tough, though, the the first video, the guy answering questions, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's my least favorite video on my channel. <laughs> I don't like it. That's not a secret to anyone. It's very hard when the video that is getting the most views is not even about you. It's not one that you feel like you did your best on. It's not one that you feel like you put in so much work and a lot of people deserve to see. Um, and it's hard when a lot of the comments on that video are so negative and tearing you down and a lot of evil, mean, disgusting comments from men. Um, so that's hard. That was really, really hard on me, but I'm still very lucky and I feel blessed because that video started a lot for me, but it's just hard because that's not a good representation of what my channel is. And I know that a lot of people that's going to be their first or maybe their only impression of me as a person is a video that I'm not even very proud of. Um, but enough of that. I do like the Emma Chamberlain video. I thought that was a fun video. <laughs> it did piss some people off because I put too much milk in my coffee, but that was an accident. So it's whatever. But those all have led me kind of to where I am in terms of subscribers today. Um, then one of my goals for 2020 was to get a manager um, in February. No, no, no. In January sometime, I signed with Fullscreen, which is a media agency that I have two managers now. And so it's very cool because when I got an email from Fullscreen, I was like, you're telling me that this agency who Cody Co and Noelle Miller are signed with, they want to be working with me. Like they want me to sign with them. It's like, fuck yeah. Well, first I got to read the contract for like a month, but fuck yeah. <laughs> and that was amazing for me. Um, and so that was like one of my goals fulfilled. And my managers are amazing. Mackenzie and Matilda are literally have saved my life more than more times than I can count. But um, yeah, a lot of amazing things happened that I never thought would happen a few months ago. And now they're happening and it just makes me excited for the next few months. And that is how quickly starting a YouTube can truly change things in your life. Um, and from that point on, I've just consistently been making videos. Now, I've, I've made videos two times a week for a certain amount of time. School kind of got a little bit heavier and I kind of had to like slow down a little bit. Um, but now that we're in quarantine, I do online school now. It's I make videos on Thursdays and Sundays and I'm loving it. Um, I've definitely had some perspectives of mine become changed, some things that I want to change on my channel in the coming months. Um, coming weeks, coming days, <laughs> and uh, just trying to make more of my, sounds so cheesy, but I'm trying to make more of my dreams happen, and this is one of them, because a podcast was on my list for things to do in 2020, and it's April. We're in like the first quarter. No? Are we in the first? No, we're in the first third of the year, <laughs> and something like that is being accomplished, so I'm very, very happy and just proud of myself, and I just kind of want to show people who are listening to this podcast who want to start a YouTube channel Making that first video can change so many things for you. I changed my major. I now have a steady income that I rely off of. Um, I now have opportunities that I never thought that I would have opportunities for. Um, definitely a resume booster for those who, you know, want to go into the media field or things related to. Um, I work with really, really cool brands that I'm really excited to work with and very happy um, and I've made some amazing friends through it and I've gained so much confidence in myself and I've gained 
happiness that I did not have for so many years because I was lacking that creative outlet that I absolutely needed. So more than anything, I'm so happy that I sat down and pushed myself to make that first video no matter how many times it was so embarrassing and I didn't want to do it. Um, so yeah, it's a really, really cool thing. And I hope that if any of you guys want to do it, that you absolutely do do it. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk briefly about some kind of questions and advice that you guys might have some questions on. But for this next section of the podcast, I kind of wanted to answer some questions and advice that you guys were looking for when it comes regards with either me starting my YouTube channel, like questions about that, or any advice that you want about starting your own channel in the future or now because time is of an essence or whatever the saying is. <laughs> so I look through so many questions and it's crazy because a lot of them are the same type of questions or very, very similar questions. So I kind of grouped them together um, in no particular order in these questions, but they're very good questions at that. But it's just crazy to me that a lot of you guys have very similar ones, which I guess could be different for everyone. But anyway, let me just start. <laughs> so a lot of people asked what kind of equipment I use, what kind of equipment I recommend, or what kind of equipment is cheap to start out with. All right, I'm going to be straight up, and you've probably heard this from other YouTubers, and you might be sick of it, but it's the absolute truth. You do not need to buy, I actually recommend that you don't, you do not need to buy a camera to start YouTube. Absolutely not. If you have an iPhone, or if you have a camera, a good camera on your cell phone, use that. Literally use that. Because the equipment that you use, it does not make you a good YouTuber at all. Okay, you could have the best quality in the world. And if your content isn't good, then it doesn't matter. You can make amazing content right on your cell phone. And so many YouTubers have. Um, I have a good handful of videos that were entirely made on my iPhone, like just shot on my iPhone. I had it on my computer, but you can make amazing videos right on your own phone. And the reason that I tell you not to go out and buy a camera is the harsh truth of it is, is that you might not stick with it. You might not stick with YouTube. Um, because I remember when I did YouTube, when I was like, you know, in middle school or whatever, I saved up all my money and I bought a camera. And it wasn't a very, very expensive camera, but I regret it because I literally did YouTube for a few months just to quit. And I spent all that money and now I don't use that camera. I haven't touched that camera in how many years? Um, so definitely a great regret of mine. And I definitely recommend that you don't go out and buy a camera as you start YouTube. I definitely recommend if you start getting more and more interested in it or you start getting very, very passionate about it, definitely go get a camera. If you start making money off of it, go get a camera. Um, in terms of editing, um, I used iMovie for a very, very long time, and that comes with Macs. Um, I know that a lot of colleges will offer Adobe for students. So if your college offers that, I would check their program out, Adobe Premiere. It's not my favorite, but it is free for some college students. Um, but when I started off YouTube, I used an old DSLR camera that we had in our house, and it had a lens that was so zoomed in. I don't know too much ca about cameras. Like I know just enough to make YouTube videos, but the lens was extremely zoomed in and it's not, how do I say this? 
the, the millimeters, it was like a very small amount of millimeters. It just wasn't a wide angle lens. So I would have to prop the camera so far away and then the autofocus sucked. So it sucked using that. So then I would have to pr- try my best to like focus it on me, like manually focus it, but it had no flip out. Um, what's it called? I'm literally a YouTuber. View viewfinder. <laughs> it didn't have a flip out viewfinder, so I couldn't even see what I was recording. So if you go back to like my first few videos, um, they're either out of focus or constantly in and out of focus. Um, and the sound probably sucks because I didn't have a mic and my editing was not the best, but that's not because of what I use. It's just because I had to learn along the way. Um, so when it comes to equipment, um, I use that for quite a while. I did not get a new camera. God, I literally did not get a new camera. I got my vlogging camera like probably six, seven months after I started YouTube and I used a Canon G7X and I loved it. It was amazing. Um, But I recently upgraded to a Canon EOS M50 and I love her, but I definitely don't recommend buying that to start off with. It is expensive and I'm lucky that I can call it a business expense because it's for my YouTube channel. Um, And I now use Final Cut Pro, but Honestly, a lot of the edits that I do, like on my computer, I could do on iMovie. Um, but the reason that I got Final Cut Pro is because my computer just could no longer handle doing it off of iMovie. And there were just some things that I wanted to do to it that I couldn't do off of iMovie. But to start off with, use what you have. I think that shows what a YouTuber can do. And it pushes you to become more creative because you're going to have to use your resources. So that's my recommendation when it comes to equipment. Um, use what you got it's free, possibly. Um, It's not expensive. You don't have to go out and get anything. And uh, you got to be creative and use what you got. That's what I recommend. Um, The next question was how I deal with reactions of other people and also the fear of people finding you or like finding my YouTube channel. So here's the thing. Um, I was afraid like my entire childhood of people finding my YouTube channel and that clearly led me to bad places because I deleted my channel every single time. So I think the best thing to do is to you can't be afraid of people finding you because that's kind of that kind of defeats the purpose of YouTube. You're putting yourself out there. People are going to find you one way or another. So if you're scared of that, YouTube might not be for you. Um And also how I dealt with the reactions of like my close friends and family. Everyone in my situation was very supportive of it. I started YouTube when I was an RA, meaning that I had 90 people on my floor living where I lived, um, 45 of those being like my own personal residence. And I was kind of nervous about them finding my YouTube channel, but I was like, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like, what are they, what what are they going to say? Like nothing that they could say can bring me down at this point. Um, and now a lot of them support me and text me and tell me that it's cool, like what I'm doing and everything are very, very, very supportive to me. Um, so in terms of that, you kind of just can't care, but also at the same time, if people are being negative towards you, like your friends or family, then that's not good. You know, I, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And if your friends are not being supportive of you and what you're doing, then maybe, Maybe those friends are not for you. Maybe they're showing their true colors. Um, But I was very lucky. I had a very positive reaction when I was in college when starting it. Obviously, when I was younger, the case was a little bit different. 
And I'm kind of happy, to be honest, that I didn't start doing YouTube as, you know, heavily as I am now, like full time, I guess you could say, um, until I was in college, because I think if I did it in high school or in middle school, uh, all of my embarrassing endeavors would be out on the internet forever. And now I just have videos of me from a year and a half ago where I'm just kind of like, yeah, the editing and the quality isn't that good, but what I said wasn't like awful, you know what I mean? Because it's just a year and a half younger version of myself. So that's kind of how I view it. Um, but yeah, you just kind of can't be afraid of that kind of stuff. You have to go full force into it and be proud of yourself. David Dobrik gives really, really good advice on this. Um, you should be so proud of your content that if you were to show your friends on television, like your video, like if one of your friends wanted to pull up your YouTube video on the TV screen, that you wouldn't be embarrassed of it. And if you are embarrassed of it, then you're not making quality content that you're proud of. Um, and that really stuck with me. So ever since then, I'm not embarrassed or afraid to post anything really that I do now. Um, I show my friends gladly. I show my family gladly. And it is what it is. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that someone should work on. Um, so if you want to start a YouTube channel, definitely try and work on your confidence because it's going to get you so many places. People recognize confidence. People can recognize when you feel confident in your own work and when you're proud of it. So definitely make sure that you are happy with what you're making, you know? Um, the next question I got was how I dealt with having a lot of my information out on the internet, kind of talking about myself and how I kind of deal with having my life now online. Um, believe it or not, I don't put that much of myself out on the internet, as people may think, because I got this question quite a few times. Um, it may seem like I have a lot out there on the internet. Um, it may seem like I'm very, very personal and everything and that I'm no longer a private person. Um, but I think I'm a very private person when it comes to the internet. Uh, I have a lot of aspects in my life that I don't talk about on the internet at all. And sometimes, you know, it might seem like I overshare on the internet, but if you kind of pay close attention, I kind of talk about the same few topics um, over and over again, perhaps. Like, you know, a situation like me not having a dad, for example. Um, I may joke about it quite often, but nobody really knows the situation between my father and I or any of that. You know what I mean? Um, and I can continue to make jokes about that, but that doesn't mean that I'm no longer private. Um, I don't post my relationship online, really. A lot of people might not even know I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for almost three years. And uh, I mean, I post pictures with him on Instagram from time to time, but we're also long distance. So we also don't see each other very often. Um, but yeah, I have like two YouTube videos with him in it. And that's about it. I don't really talk about my relationship out on the internet. My friendships are kept pretty private and personal. Uh, a lot of my life is kept pretty private and personal. So I think it's about, you know, I think I am smart about it. I'd like to think I'm smart about it. And I think if you don't want to put a lot of yourself out on the internet, you absolutely don't have to. There are YouTubers out there that nobody knows anything about their personal life. And there are some YouTubers who have a lot of their personal life out there. And that's okay. That's their personal choice. That's their personal decision. But that's just not me. And that's okay. 
Um, but I would say that I am careful with the things that I talk about. Uh, there's definitely some videos that I would love to make, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? That probably wouldn't be the safest thing for like my privacy, um, or other people's privacy. So I think putting thought into those kinds of things, definitely important. (laughs) So if you are wanting to start a YouTube channel, you can definitely be pretty private. Another example, like I'll go back to her, um, best dressed Ashley, she does not have her last name out on the internet. Um, And the reason being was that, at least she talked about this in prior videos, is that she did not want her parents to know about her YouTube channel. I don't know if that's still the case, and it's obviously not my place to talk about it, but it just goes to show how far you can go without having to put extremely personal things out on the internet. Um, And yeah, that's how I feel about that. Somebody not somebody, a lot of people ask me how I come up with my video ideas and how I stay motivated with them. So a lot of time, well, before I used to be very stuck on what I was going to film that week. Sometimes I'm still stuck on what I'm going to film that week. Um, But a lot of the times I'll be talking with my friends or I'll even be talking with like my boyfriend or my family. And they would say like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you did X, Y, or Z? And then I am like, you know what, that's kind of genius. Like, I kind of actually want to make that a YouTube video. And that's kind of sometimes how, like, the best videos come to be. Like, for example, the video that I made, the guys answering question girls are too afraid to ask. Um, I wasn't supposed to film that night. I was supposed to make cinnamon buns with my friends. And it ended up me being like, wait, I have an amazing YouTube idea. Like, this just came to my mind right now. Like, do you think that we could make this? And then it happened. Um, I did a video recently where I talked about, <laughs> I rated my subscribers' dads. And that video came to be because I didn't know what I wanted to film for that Thursday. And it was already like Monday. And I was like, Fuck, what am I going to film this week? And so I'm talking to my boyfriend. And I'm like, hmm, I, I kind of wrote down in my, I have a I have a list of ideas on my iPad. And I was like, I kind of had a list of ideas that I wanted to talk about. Um, and one of them was rating 80s dads. And I was like, hmm, yeah, kind of boring, but like it's on the list. And then I was like, wait, what if I rate my subscribers dads? It's just kind of like, it's just brain power, baby. You know, sometimes things come to me and sometimes things don't for a very, very long time. Um, currently in the moment, I don't know why I'm thriving being at home in quarantine with video ideas, but I am. (laughs) And so that's kind of how I'm coming to be with my video ideas and how I stay motivated is that at this point, it's a priority for me. At this point, it's something that not only do I want to do, but something that I have to do. And not because my managers are holding me at gunpoint, but because if I don't do these things, I know I'm going to mentally lack. I know I'm not going to thrive. I know I'm not going to be happy. Um, I need this creative outlet for me to be happy and survive (laughs) and thrive. So it's at this point, I have to do this and I want to do this and is uploading twice a week while going to school hard? Absolutely. It's not easy. Um, And it wasn't easy when I was physically at school. Um, But at this point, it's about priority for me and what is most important to me. Um, And yeah, I think like once you kind of get into that mindset about how bad you want it, how bad you want to see growth and success and happiness, that's when that's when things just start to align. It's the miracle aligner, you know? So um yeah, I think me taking it into priority and knowing, okay, I have to upload Thursdays and Sundays, planning my week out based around 
these video ideas, planning my schedule around these ideas, um, that works great for me. And it might not work great for everyone, and that's okay. So um, the next question is asking if I have a backup plan. And I'm going to be frank, I hate this question (laughs) because um, a lot of people commented like, what would you do if YouTube were to just shut down? What would happen if your YouTube channel just was not working out anymore? And the thing is, is that I would not go up to someone working in a bank and say, do you have a plan B? What would happen if this bank were to shut down? or to someone working in insurance or something. It's not a question that you really ask because you'll worry about that when the time comes, you know? I don't believe in having a plan B for this because I don't see YouTube going down at any time soon. Um, If I saw in the future that, hey, the platform, let's just say tomorrow, wow, the platform is tanking. This platform, it's going nowhere. Um, It's losing money no one's getting paid anymore, then absolutely I would work out something else. But for this time being, I do not have a plan B. I'm not saying that this exactly is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life, but this is definitely a stepping stone, I think, into what I want to be doing with my future. Um, There are some amazing YouTubers out there. One of the biggest inspirations of mine is Claudia Saluski. And she was able to make YouTube a career, and she started YouTube when she was in middle school and now it is her full-time job but she does other things on the side as well like she is an actress but her youtube was a stepping stone to get her there um she works with brands like nordstrom to create a clothing line but her youtube was a stepping stone to get her there and i am not the type of person who wants to be doing the same thing for the rest of my life so it's amazing that i feel like i can truly make something out of this to be stepping stones into different platforms if that makes sense do i know what those platforms are yet no but i'm excited to find out but to answer that question as of right now i do not have a backup plan because this is plan a and the only plan as of right now (laughs) it sounds silly for someone to be going to college and i know a lot of people don't get it and i don't expect people to get it Um, I absolutely do not expect people to get it, but, uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do since I was very young and this feels the most right to me. So yeah. Um, another question, very, very frequent question, how to get yourself out there and how to gain subscribers and views and everything else. Um, that's hard. That's hard to say because on one hand, you can absolutely follow trends you can absolutely follow what everyone else is doing and you can get views from that. Um, but it, will that be fulfilling to you? Maybe to some people, but maybe not to everyone. Um, for me, it just happened to be that some videos were just pure luck. I did not expect for those two videos to get, you know, a million views and two million views. I never expected that in a million years. I didn't know that those videos would do well. There's some videos on my channel where I was like, oh yeah, this baby, she's definitely going to get a million views. And uh, they're some of my lowest performing videos. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes things just work out and sometimes things don't. Um, So you can't really predict those kinds of things. But I think the best way to get yourself out there is that if you start a channel, tell all your friends and family. Tell them to support you. Tell them to comment. Tell them to like. Tell them to subscribe. Tell your audience to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, And establish something for yourself. Make sure that you are your authentic self because people can tell when you are not being authentic and make content that you want to make. There are creators out on the internet 
I'm just going to use this example because I saw this in a video earlier. But for example, James Charles and Jeffree Star, both makeup YouTubers, right? And they could make the same exact video, but people will still want to watch both of their videos because they have their own personalities with it. So while you can make videos about, let's say, fitness videos. There are a lot of fitness videos out on the internet. And if that's what you're passionate about, definitely make fitness videos. Absolutely. But let your personality, let your editing, let your cinematography, let everything shine in its own way as to where you are original still. And people will find you and people will appreciate that. And it might take a while and it might not. You might be the next Joanne Cedia. You know what I mean? Like you might be the next Emma Chamberlain where things just blow up for you. Or you could be the next Nicole Raffi where it takes a year for you to finally get a thousand subscribers. You know what I mean? Um, and either one of those is okay. And it could take more than a year. Um, but the point is, is that you're having fun while doing it. And that's how to get yourself out there, I think. Um, because hard work does pay off no matter what. I promise if you are working hard at what you want and what you love and you genuinely make good content that people will enjoy, then good things will come to you. Absolutely. Um, and the next and final question is, um, what is some good content to start making? Um, and maybe I'm taking this question the wrong way, but this was also sent to me a lot. Um, that people want to start a YouTube channel, but they don't know what they want to start making. So what should be their first video? Um, and to that, I got to say, uh, what do you want to make? You know, like what is the content that you actually want to be making? Um, because you shouldn't be making a video based off of what is a good first video. There's no such thing as a good first video, except I don't think that a Q&A would be a good first video because people might not know you unless you're someone like Dixie D'Amelio. She did her very first video as a Q&A, but she already has an established following on TikTok, Instagram, wherever else she's on Twitter. Um, so she will definitely, a Q&A is a good idea for her. But if you don't have a following already, um, make content on whatever you want. I did a skincare video for my very first video. Um, I know my friend Hannah, she did a boyfriend tag for her first video. Like it's different for everyone. So I believe that you should make content that you feel is good. But if you're only making content because you think that it'll get views and that's what you want to be making, then YouTube might not be for you. Um, I say this because the idea that making YouTube videos will bring you success and that you are in it for the money, you're not going to last <laughs> in the nicest way possible because if I did this for the money, um, I would have stopped making YouTube videos <laughs> like a month or two in. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't making shit. Um, I didn't make any sort of money until a year a year, 11 months into making YouTube videos, that's when I started actually making money off of it. And in the beginning, it wasn't even substantial money. Like it wasn't enough money for me to pay for things I needed to. Um, it took me about a year and a few months for me to be actually making like a steady income. So my recommendation for you is to make content that you feel like you want to make. Um, take inspiration from what kind of content you're already watching. If you love makeup tutorials, make a makeup tutorial. If you like watching mukbangs, make a fucking mukbang. 
but don't send it to me because the sound of people eating actually makes me livid. I have a, a very serious issue with that, actually. Um, <laughs> um, no, make whatever content you feel is right for your character. And by character, I mean yourself and like your personality. Um, and that is how you can start a YouTube channel. So that kind of concludes what I wanted to talk about today. Um, how I started YouTube, how I am on YouTube still, and why I started YouTube and how you can start a YouTube channel as well. Um, if any of you have any additional questions, uh, you can certainly send me a DM on Instagram. I'm going to try to get back to as many people as possible. Um, <laughs> I made a video the other day where I DM celebrities and I made a joke in there where I was like, well, they better respond because they're home, right? And a lot of people DM'd me like being like, you better respond because you're home. And then when I didn't, because um, it's very overwhelming getting a lot of DMs and I'm trying not to be on my phone as much. And also it's very hard to see all of them. And it's not healthy for me to be reading every single DM. Um, a lot of people <laughs> send me a DM additionally being like, oh, I really thought that you'd respond. That's really fake of you. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing my best, people. Okay. So if you do have a question still about starting a YouTube channel, I'm going to do my best and try and get back to as many people as possible. But you can shoot me a DM on there or you can even tweet me at Nicole Raffi um, because I am very active on Twitter. <laughs> but I hope that you enjoyed the very first episode of this podcast. Um, if you have any other podcast topic suggestions that you want me to talk about in the future, tweet me, send me an Instagram dm or whatever um and i'll gladly take those into consideration um you can also rate this podcast on the apple podcast app um when you rate me like a five stars and leave a review or whatever um that makes it easier to find my podcast and search me up and everything uh so please do that because that really really helps me out and I don't know. This is a lot of fun. I feel like I'm just sitting talking with a friend, but it's very one-sided because I don't let you talk at all. You know what I mean? Um, but I hope that you guys have a badass week. It's Monday. Hopefully when you're hearing this, right? You're listening to this on the first day that it comes out, right? <laughs> but I hope that you guys have a badass, awesome week. Hopefully a lot of good things happen to you this week. Stay positive with everything going on or in general and uh, spread that up to others. Make sure that others are feeling that as well. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. If you want to follow me on my other social media, as always, it's just at Nicole Raffi. And if you want to follow me on my TikTok, it's at Nikki Nasty. My TikToks suck though, just letting you know. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening to my very first podcast. I will catch you next Monday. Bye guys. Stay nasty.